Yeah, I was pretty proud of the boys tonight. Um, uh, yeah, look, I, I don't know if we deserve that result, but that's footy. That's the way it goes. Um, a lot of disappointed players in the dressing sheds. Actually, they're shattered because you could see that they really wanted that. We're in a prelim. That's where we're at. Uh, against yeah, against the reigning premiers. I mean, where else would you rather be? Be the ball. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 245 of Not The Footy Show. We have another podcast, I'm Warren Nicholson, that's Rob Cox, or, you know, straight off the bat, it's Bob the Builder. He's been, you know, excavating his backyard from what I understand for the last week or so. Uh, so, Roberto, how you feeling, mate? You uh, got the sore hands, sore back? Uh, mate, lockdown projects, you know, I, I can't wait for lockdown to end, mostly so I don't have to do any more projects. I think you say, so you don't do any more podcasts, but that was um, the words that were about to uh, emanate from your mouth. Uh, we've got to start with obviously no, the finals. They've been uh, played out over the weekend. We're recording this on Sunday night. Friday night, Manly 42 to 6 over East, one way traffic, uh, pretty much. And then last night, Penrith 8, Parramatta 6. And we see the Eels and the Roosters head out of the finals. The big talking point, though, Cocksmith, is the interchanges for the Panthers towards the end of the game. It sort of blew up last night on Twitter. The NRL physio put out a bit of an explanation. And it's something that, full disclosure, everybody, both Rob and I weren't really aware of. Apparently, you can you can store some inner free interchanges. Did you know this, Cocksmith? I know we, we talked about last night, but for the benefit of our listeners, did you know you could store some free yeah, interchanges? Mate. Not at all. I didn't know. I, 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 was, under the, I was of the understanding that... Um, if a player gets injured or not, but if a, if a player fouls another player, then the player that was fouled upon is uh, available to have a free interchange. Mm. I didn't as long know as the anything about goes this. On report, has to go on report. If it goes on report, now now it seems from what we're understanding now is that if a player, any player, goes on report for a foul on another player, then the team that was fouled upon gets to save that that interchange to use whenever they like. I'm not sure that's <laughs> the way that the rule was or the reason why the rule was written that way. It's, hmm. it sounds to me like there's a little bit of a bending of the rules here. Well, I'm would, not saying would, just would NRL going, coaches I'm, do that. NRL coaches wouldn't do that. Cocksmith, surely. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that it's not just Penrith. It must be all of them that are doing it. So um, from what I'm hearing, there were seven players put on report last night. It's a big number. Uh, the, right? the numbers from the NRL physio, and look, he he was he went to great detail of how he interpreted this. And uh, because of the situation with people wanting to know what his views are on injuries and the rest of it, he's obviously done the research. So uh, his, this is the tweet that, that got my attention. He said, for the Mitch Kenny free interchange, and I we've noticed it as it happened, he got his foot stepped on, stayed down in the background, Parramatta on the attack. Uh the, re- the trainer, which I think is the head physio, Green, I think his last name is. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think that's who it is. He does all their, their injury videos. Calls out the referee, says, no, he's injured. He's got, you know, we've got to stop the play, stop the play, stop the play. They stop the play. Parramatta's momentum stopped. They evaluate that Kenny's got an injury. And as he's getting pulled off, you see Tavita Pangai Jr. come up with a free interchange card. 
and you're going, surely we're not going to see another one of these mysterious HIAs when it's convenient, um, enacted by trainers on directions from coaches, which we all know is happening. Even Gus tweeted about it tonight. He knows it's happening and he's now in charge of a club. So let's just see and you can see if um, the Bulldogs ever do that again. Um, but the interchange, apparently, the reason it's free, and as you said, is that they got a second free interchange when Neocore got put on report for a, a pretty bad high tackle right in front of the post a while beforehand. It was one of those times where Penrith didn't take a shot at goal. So what the neurophysio is saying is that they had two regular interchanges left anyway at that stage because of all the reports that you mentioned that have been on. So they would have used six free interchanges by that stage because of the three on-report incidents from the Eels. The kicker in all of this, Cocksmith, is that NRL Physio also then released a tweet at 10.25 last night to suggest that under his count, because of foul play and HIAs, Penrith had made a total of 15 changes during the game. What's yep. the actual official amount we're allowed, Cocksmith? Do you remember? Uh, eight. Apparently. Apparently it's eight. So they've had basically exactly. twice as many exactly. as you're allowed. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit it's a little bit ridiculous. I mean, um, I think if a player's not hurt um, when another player is put on report, then it's play on. I mean, we've seen we've seen over the years of completely fine, healthy players running off the field because someone else got put on report. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen it a lot. We've seen it. I mean, we've amplified this year. Though. Obviously, the rule has has been well and truly. Um, what's the word? It's been abused this year because of that. They've, they've NRLs decided it's no changes required because you mentioned the monster one, which was one of the first ones we saw at the start of the year, and everyone went, "Whoa, whoa!" For Thirty seconds. What are we? What are we doing here? And he looked like he should have been actually. That one, I for a call, he looked like he'd been concussed, but apparently he came back. Um, so the NRLs had a chance to step in and, and try and stamp this out, and yet we get to one of the biggest games of the year, and Penrith have fifteen interchanges in one match. Just, yeah, the, 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 there's something that needs to be done about that uh, because I think what it does is it gives the referees too much power to influence a game if if the, the team is going to do that, if the team's mm-hmm. going to save them up and then use them at the end. Um, when you need to play too much, It puts, when you need puts too stop. much pressure on the referees, I think. Yeah. Um, so, look, my other thing about the Mitch Kenny thing, mate, I, look, I'm old enough to remember when play used to play on unless the player was in in a in a position that would be dangerous to him or another player now mitch kenny was behind the play the behind, behind the, the direction of play and it's it's not Parramatta's fault that he can't get up nothing was a foul on him there was no foul on him and and uh, mitch kenny you, you know yes he needed to leave the field but penrith should have got him off the field under their own steam yeah. uh, he was in no way going to be hurt by the way, the direction the play was going. And for that matter, if Penrith had have intercepted, then the referee could have blown a halt to play if it mm. went anywhere near him. Um, I don't understand why we're going, why we're stopping the game to run back 20 metres to get a player off the field. Um, he wasn't knocked out cold. He no. didn't have a big dislocated hip or a punctured lung or anything like that. In fact, the trainer yelled out, stop the play from the sideline. He hadn't even run on to see if Kenny was okay. He'd taken the call so, from old Ivan, though, I'm sure. Well, Ivan would have seen a player <sighs> down and said, stop the game. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and... And look, Parramatta aren't blameless in this. 
let's go back to Fergo oh. on the crusher earlier in the game. I mean, and, and the amount of times I've seen a player on any team, but Parramatta, I've noticed it a few times, who mysteriously gets injured in the in the in goal when they've got to do a line dropout. It's amazing oh. how many times that happens. We've, um, we've so seen it look, a number of times. We know Parramatta aren't, aren't saints in this. Penrith certainly aren't saints in this. All the teams aren't saints. Some just do it better than others. Some have got it down to an art form. And what Penrith had in their back pocket here, Cocksmith, is they had Freena changes akimbo and they slowed the game down in the last 10 minutes when they needed a break. It's, you know, it's it's exactly the kind of thing that I find it hard to stomach when a week ago Ivan Cleary's going, you know, we really need to stop ref, um, uh, coaches influencing the, the referees before the games. We really need to stop that. I think it's a really bad thing in the game. And then a week later, he's got this little thing up his uh, in his back pocket. And he's clearly doing it to influence the referees in the game. The only difference is that he didn't come out and say, hey, this shouldn't happen. I just, this is why I can't take that on, you know, let's feel sorry for Penrith. Um, I found myself going for Parramatta towards the end of this game. And you know how much I dislike the Eels. Uh, I was going go para. I I, I had to go and wash my mouth out afterwards. But um, it was, I just really didn't like how, and we'll get to the footy, I guess, but, how Penrith played in here because they interviewed Nathan Cleary before the match. And I don't know if you saw it. Um, and he basically, it was on channel nine actually. And he said, you know, last week we we're probably a bit kick happy. Um, what we changed up a little bit this week and, you know, try and try some things and, and, you know, ice our sets better, which is a favorite saying out there in Penrith. I think we agreed pretty much after 15 minutes of the game, uh, Penrith should kicked it even more than last time, didn't they? It was just a kick fest. Yeah, look, I, I've got grave fears for Penrith's attack. Mm. I think I, we sent each other a bunch of texts last night during the game, and and it feels to me like Penrith have played themselves out of form. Mm. Um, their their attack looks clunky. It looks super predictable. Um, mm-hmm. It's like it's like Penrith's attack hasn't evolved. We're not seeing anything new. It's, I'll tell you the last the last time I it's saw the last time I saw something new from them was a little bit of magic from Momorowski a few weeks ago and Crichton when they combined over on that right-hand side um, for a kick and a bit. Yeah, That mm. was something new. But that was just a little bit of individual brilliance from an NRL player. And they've all got that in them, or most of them do, of something you know, that they can whip out. Yeah. But the the shape, Penrith's shape, looked not there last night. Um, there was nothing that happened last night that was, that you know, a... a a total toddler like me couldn't see from the couch. Um, yeah. I knew what was coming. They keep getting squeezed to the outside. The only the only trick that they've got, which now they've played three or four times, is that trick where Nathan doesn't get the ball from the back of the scrum and he goes around and creates the extra man. And it's worked a couple of times. Don't mm. think Bellamy won't be working on that this week. You, I mean, you know, Bell- Bellamy knows what's happening before before Penrith even know what they're doing. You know, and mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I just I got I got because as you know, I like Penrith. Um, yep. I, I, I like I've liked Penrith for the most part for the last couple of years because of how they're played. They're not playing like that anymore, and I'll, I'll get to a point in yeah. a sec. But finish your thought. Yeah, look, Luai looks totally ineffective. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he's still injured. Um, I think Ivan's got it wrong with Momorowski and Crichton. Crichton needs to see the ball more, and on the wing, he ain't seen it. Um, uh, you know, in fact, uh, you know, Momorowski last night passed the ball uh, way too late and could have scored himself. But if you're going to pass it, mate, pass it. Well, you know, um, he doesn't pass at the best of times and then chooses to pass when he's over yeah. the line. Crichton, oh. Crichton would have scored that try. 
Um, he'd gone early. You know, oh, yeah, if he'd had the ball, yeah. If he, if he was in the centres and Mowarowski's on the wing, Crichton scores that try. He's got a bit yeah. more pace. But I, I don't like what they're doing with that right-hand side. I don't particularly like what Luai's doing on the left-hand side. And Which I think it's showing across the park. Yeah. It's, you know, the inside ball's back to Yo are predictable. Um, there's no, there, at the moment, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I mean, Kikau was unfortunately injured last night, but there's no spearing of, of back rowers on an inside coming on, coming from out to in. Um, we're not seeing Nathan being able to pick up anyone that's running a, a weird line. No. It's just, it's not happening. And my fear is, is that Melbourne are going to rip them apart next week. And, you know, uh, you said to me last night, um, how much did Melbourne win by next week? And mm. I said 13 plus, um, mm. given what we saw last night against Parramatta. I mean, you know, eight, six against Parramatta. And I know at Parramatta have improved, but geez, you'd think that the, the, you know, the team that ran second and just out of a, you know, ran second last year in the premiership and second in the minor premiership, you'd think they'd have a little bit more, you know, gusto up their sleeve and, and that's devolved is a word. Um, you know, they've got regress. worse. Um, yeah. Yeah. Regress. I, I, I've got a theory. I've got a theory. Predictable. Mm. Ivan's changing how they're playing because he thinks the defense is going to win the comp. I really, I watched the post match presser and he actually said, he goes, we've had to learn different ways of winning this year. I don't know. Something about this Penrith team that you could get on board with for so long is they would play footy. They would use the edges. One of the great things that they did, even against Parallel last time I played around 26 or 25, it was they go through their hands to expose Parramatta's rushing edge wingers. Um, they didn't go through their hands at all last night. Uh, no. they, they, they just seem to be in this zone of, oh, we're just going to bash you through the middle and whatever Isaiah Yo can do to create for uh, Nathan on the right and then potentially um, Luai when he's interested on the left. He's really gone backwards for a since origin, I remember giving. Let him me a ask you something. Rap. Sorry, yeah. Let me let me ask something. In the last six weeks, if Origin was on now, would Luai be the six? Oh, for no definitely not. We know that we know who would be. It'd be Cody Walker. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jack be, White. And sorry, my bad. Um, it would not be Luai, and and he is playing nothing like the Luai that we saw in the first eight nine weeks of, of this competition. The, the thing he showed at Origin was he just gave his good players ball. He really bought into that. And it was, it was phenomenal to watch because he's a guy that can overplay his hand, which is one of his skills, but he also you know, knew his role in, that, in that, um, that origin series. And he was great. Yes, okay, he's not passing to um, Luttrell and Tommy and you know, those kind of players, but they're still pretty handy there, out there at Penrith and it's worked for a long time. He's just gone into that almost where you can see that, that, that confidence slash arrogance, whatever you want to call it, it's just teetering because it hasn't come off the way that he thinks it should be happening by now. He's still relatively inexperienced in terms of, you know, big games of footy. It's not just going to happen for him. And that was the thing that I watched in this game and the amount of ball Penrith had. They were just getting to their kick. And that's what I mean about Ivan changing the style, is that they are just all about grinding down the other team. Yes, they're going to back their amazing defence we keep hearing about, which was good in the last 10 minutes, but it didn't get really tested the rest of the match. I just, I just don't think you can play like this when you get, you know, the big, the big team called Melbourne Storm next week. You can't do it. You'll beat yeah. Parramatta. You're not going to beat Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne, Melbourne have got other gears, and and you're not going to stop. You're not going to keep Melbourne to six points. <laughs> um, the biggest fear is they're going to have to score at least eighteen against Melbourne. Um, 
And uh, given what we saw last night, and if Ivan has changed the way they're playing, um, uh, then they're not scoring 18 points against Melbourne. Not what, not with that, what we saw. Um, you know, Penrith for the last two years, up until the last six weeks or four weeks, have been a team that can score more points than you. Yeah, yeah their defence is good, but they'll score more points than you. Um, now, why, why would you change a, a, a winning mentality? I mean... I don't understand it, and and uh, you know we're seeing that thing with Momorowski on the right because Momorowski's more of a defensive style player, and Crichton's more of an attacker, and he's keeping Crichton on the wing. I mean, you know, last night Dylan Edwards was average. Uh, I would have put he, Crichton his numbers were good, and his numbers are always good, old Dylan. And we 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 exchanged text on this, and I spoke to my flight mate today, and we watched the game independently, and we we're just talking about the Edwards factor. You can get those runs on the wing, just whack him out on the right wing. Get rid of Momorowski. Yeah. Bring Tyo yeah. back if he's healthy. They missed him last night, but I don't think he, you know, would have won or lost in the game in the way that game sort of unraveled or evolved or whatever word you want to use. But Dylan Edwards can do that that grunt work on the wing. He'll have his twenty odd hit ups. Um, it yeah. gets Crichton maybe to fullback. Just get him the ball because one of the things about Dylan Edwards, and I reckon it's a, it's a bit of a myth. I don't think he's a great support player. I really don't. One of his one of his strengths is he's great at taking multiple hit ups coming out of trouble, and it, and it appears that he's always around the ball. But he's just there to, to get the numbers up. And one of the things that I think is a negative on that is that if you're doing the first hit up, then you're doing the third or the fourth hit up, you're not sniffing around the forwards on the rest of that set. No, you can't physically. You can't. You gas. And you're and you know, speaking of gas, Liam Martin has looked average for a couple of weeks. I don't understand why he's starting ahead of kick out, but that might be injury related this coming week. Um, I just go Crichton, he's, he's still pulled a couple of plays out of his rear end the last couple of weeks that have gone like, get him in the game. Yeah. And yeah. the one thing about Edwards as well is he's exclusively right-hand side. He can't play on the left. Mm. I don't know if it's the game plan or just he can't pass right to left. I don't know if he's left-handed, I don't know. But he he's only ever involved on the middle or on the right. He never sweeps in on that left side like any other fullback generally can. Um, and I think it weakens them because it ends up being that if you have a situation like you have with Luai, who's been MIA for a, a month, that whole left edge, I mean, I don't, don't, don't give me the game that Tyo scored three tries in back-to-back weeks. Look at the, who they played those couple of weeks. Seriously. There's a Tigers and an understrength Eels side. Don't, don't, don't pretend that that was a, a, you know insight into how it's going to come finals time. I just have real worries, particularly about that middle for Penrith. Mitch Kenny, who won't play anymore, apparently his foot's injury. But what's he doing playing Lock Cocksmith? Like yeah, seriously, I'm I, I, I'm I'm unsure why they're resting Appy. Does he need it? He doesn't. Oh. When he goes off, he doesn't look like he's gassed. I think he's an no. eighty-minute player. Um, it's final Cameron time. Smith played. Cameron Smith was an old man and played most of his career eighty minutes. Um, you know, Appy short, surely can play eighty minutes. Mm. Um, uh, so I don't know if you need to cover him. And if you do, you know, like the way that they got their team set up, Luai could go to nine and Burton goes to six. Um, you know, I'm, they don't need a nine on the bench. They really don't. Yeah, if you I, needed to bring I, in I, someone I, else. But you're losing another forward. And, and they've really had a drop off when Fisher Harris goes off, when Leota goes off. Isaiah Yo was outstanding the other night. He really was the only oh, yeah, guy in the middle who... who look like he made an impact. But I, I worry about Penrith's defence in the middle. I really do against a quality side. Let's go to Parramatta because uh, they're gone. Yeah. Uh, once again, out in the second week of the finals, 
there's a really telling comment from Brad Arthur in the in the post match, and yes, he was upset about a few decisions, and fair enough. Yeah, rightly so. Out, that's the ways. Um, but he did make a comment that I thought was really telling, and it's why I I, I find Penrith Parramatta. Sorry, I'm giving him another go for next year. He called out his players. It was a it was a rap, but it was also a criticism. I don't know if you heard it. Does this? Uh, I mean, it's 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 another sort of second week finals exit. But does this one feel a bit different because you? You really turned up tonight. Well, I can't ask any more from him tonight. So, you know, maybe in the past we we could have done better, but I don't know. I thought we played pretty well tonight. I thought they played pretty well too. It's a good game of football. He basically said that's the first time we've gone out in the second week almost since I've been here where we've gone out with our heads held high and we've had an absolute yep. crack. He yep. re- I, And you can, I'll, if I can find it, I'll, I'll put it onto the podcast so you can hear exactly what he said. But that was the... The, the, basically the, the undercurrent of it was this is the first time my team showed up in a game where they had to win. And they, yes, they got knocked out, but they, they showed up for the whole time. Paramount's defence was great. As bad as Penrith might have been in terms of going for their kick on building pressure and, and that approach, Paramount were desperate. They didn't get exposed on the edges like I thought they would. Their forward pack did a really good job. Junior Paulo was immense in the middle. Campbell Gillard was pretty good. But I got a couple of things that I just needed after checking the stats. I don't like the stats themselves, but the minutes is always something I'll check out. How many minutes do you reckon Nathan Brown played last night? Uh, well, it's a stab in the dark, 40 minutes. Unders, under that. Uh, he played a grand total of 26 minutes. Mm. He had one stint and then he went off. So is he injured? But here's the kicker. Isaiah Papali'i played 35 minutes in the game. Yeah. He's been a dominant yeah. edge back rower all year. And since he's moved yeah. into the middle, I, I don't get it. Uh, here's other, some other stats. Madison, 42 minutes in his return. Will Smith played 37 minutes. And to give you an indication of why that's stunning is that Ray Stone played 60. So they didn't exclusively swap at hooker. I don't, no, they why didn't. Why wouldn't you have no, your best players in there? They didn't, but they should have because, Ray, unfortunately, Ray Stone... Ray Stone was very good in defence last night, but you know he got he got he got pinged for one kind of pass along the ground that wasn't forward, but mm. you know Klein saw it differently. It wasn't forward. There's no way in the world it was forward. Um, it went, you know, at very worst it went, uh, you know, across the field, but I think it went back a little bit. So he's unlucky there. But look, the pass to Paulo was both their faults. It was a late pass. You, you know what I blame? You saw my tweet, my my, my text. No. That's that's say? a setup place. A setup place in, inside. Yeah. The, you pra- you practice and you practice and you practice and you've got a guy who's not a regular yeah. dummy half playing there. He's just following. Fatigue kicks in. What do you do? You go back to oh, there's a big guy. I pass to him. That was yeah. never the play, but, and that's all. Pamela well, did in the last ten minutes was just try and bash Paulo, over. Paulo, Paulo wasn't expecting it though, and he needs no. to expect it. Mm. Um, but but that Stone, if he's going to give it to him, needs to give it to him a beat earlier than than that, because yeah. he thought he was through. He thought that I'm, I'm past him, and then got it. So look, Stone was was good, but Will Smith should have been playing dummy half last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I don't know where he was playing. He was like a middle forward kind of thing, but he doesn't need to be doing that. He needs to be at nine. Stone needs to go back to thirteen uh, and be a, a running forward. Um, look. A few notable mentions last night, mate, and you know that I don't give them out very often to him, but Mitchell Moses' kicks, 
very much were nearly the difference between the two teams. Um, he's running games. Certainly an impact in the, in the first half. His kicking game is definitely a, a big impact. Yeah. On well, there were no points scored in the second half, so um, Mitch stopped doing his kicks. And I'm not sure how much the well, wind they, was blowing last night. They didn't have as much ball, though, to be fair. It was Penrith had that run of possession. They really didn't. Mm. Paramount kept turning it over, so. Yeah. But I think I think Moses was good. Dylan Brown didn't really show up, unfortunately, uh, again. Um, yeah, he pulled off an amazing uh, tackle on Cleary. Let's give him credit for that. And that's he's one of yep. the best um, desperation cover right. defenders we've seen. But, but you know what? If that ball goes that. clean to Cleary... Cleary scores under the post. He had to slow down a little bit to, you know. Yeah. But but it is what it is. And what about, what about Gutho? What about Gutho? I've got an issue with Gutho, mate. And I mean, it's not an issue. Here's the thing. I just saw one thing and I saw, I saw it a couple of times earlier this year. The way he speaks to Mitchell Moses, I, I wouldn't want to play with him if I was mm-hmm. Mitchell Moses. And I think it's yeah. going to grow because – he told Mitchell Moses to shut the F up last night when Moses was about to have a blow up. Do you reckon it was Moses or Fergo? I actually think it might have been I Fergo. Think... I, I, I actually saw really? it. was towards the end of the game, wasn't it? There was a there was an incident. It was I... about eight minutes to go or so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw exactly what he said, and my initial thought was Mitch Moses. I'll be perfectly honest. I thought it's Mitch Moses. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was Moses. But the the camera panned back. And if you if you're listening and you know who it was, please let us know. Um but I saw Fergo in a long way and still yapping off as he turned, as the camera pulled out. So I'm, okay. Well, I'm, I'm even even you, if it I, is... I expected it to be Moses. Even like, if it is Fergo, leaders me. don't talk like that. Leaders yeah. don't talk like that. Um, yeah. People that, that... Could you imagine Cameron Smith saying that to one of his players? No, because one of his players wouldn't go, go and say that. Mm. Um, you know, no one really owns the team. And I think that's Parramatta's only problem at the moment. There's no one that owns that team. Um, you know, you know, you would think that it should be Moses' team, but he's probably still a bit young in the head for it. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, mate. They did show up last night and they played for the coach and that guy should they be did. coaching next year. I agree. Brad Arthur should be the coach. Um, I guess they need Reid Marnie back. Absolutely they huge do. for them. Um, I thought Guffey was all right. He definitely showed up in defence. Um, my criticism of him on the edges, and you know what he's good at. He's in, when they get inside the 20, he's... He's the sweep around the edge. Left edge is where he loves the most, but there's at least two or three occasions where they're in prime real estate and you've got um, Stephen Crichton defending on one wing and you've got Brenton Aiden, who we know cannot defend on the other wing. And Gutho gets to the line as the second man feed and he kicks the ball two or three times. Now, if you think about anything that Gutho is really good at, it's that pass that exposes the winger in those things. I don't know whether the pass yeah. there too late, but he almost like he didn't back what has worked for him for so long. He kind of held it, held it, held it and kicked it. And you're like, that's, that's semi-final football. You have to produce those moments that you can do in round five and round eight, round 10 against, you know, teams that aren't, you know, up for it. But in those big games, and this is the thing that I tweeted the day before, how good are you, Mitch Moses? How good are you, King Gutho? And how good are you, Dylan Brown? Well, the answer is, not, not good quite enough. It's mm. just where they're at. Yeah, they, they, they weren't good enough, but I mean, I'm not going to rest that all at the feet of Moses last night. I, those other two blokes really should have stood up a little bit more as well. Um, you know, I, in, in mentioning Brent Naden, I thought he was one of Penrith's best last night. I Running really the ball, did. I, I agree. He, he also I, came out with that big play on the kick um, down the edge that should have been about yeah. three sin bins against Penrith yeah. if you look at the replay. But, 
but but also also he's he's high ball. Um, he looks safer under a high ball, and Edwards did all night. Mm. Um, Edwards let it. Edwards, I, I couldn't yeah. believe, mate, I couldn't believe what Edwards did. I was talking to my son the when try, it happened. Yeah. I knew someone was going to. I knew someone was going to score, and and I said to my son, I said, "Watch what happens here. He loses sight of the ball, and then turns his back on the play because he thinks the ball's gone behind him." You know, when I was playing or when I was coaching, the very first thing that a decent coach will tell you, if you lose sight of the ball and you know you're going to let it go, don't worry about the ball. Look at the defenders. Start the attackers. Start worrying about where the guys are who probably could get the ball. Unless you see where the ball goes, you need to worry about the players that are running at you because one of them is going to get it. And mm. uh, when he didn't, when he was looking around like a like a you know looking around like a lost sheep, it was. It was always going to be a try, no matter well, what. Let me ask you this: bounced. Would have you preferred him to have a crack at catching it? Because I would have. What's the worst yeah, that happens? Absolutely. Knock it on. Then you back your defence. Absolutely, I would have. But no I think bounce. I think what happened was Ooh. that ball was floating around so much that he just he kind of lost where it was and where he was in, in accordance to the where the posts mm. were, and I think he just got lost. But um, what happened directly after that was what caused the try. Um, he didn't turn into defender yeah. straight away. Yeah. He, he was worried about the ball. But look, I, I think Naden was very good. Going back to Parramatta though, yep. Papa, Papa Lee should have been back on the edge. Yeah. It's like it's like what we're talking about with Ivan. If your team or if a player is good at something, don't try and change it. He's already very good at it. He was probably the best edge attacking back row <laughs> in the comp and you put him into the middle. I mean... Let me give you another stat. Stuck Again, I'm not, looking, I'm not looking at the runs and the tackles. I don't care about those because stats are stats. But the minutes played. Sean Lane, 72 minutes. Murata Niakore, 80 minutes. What happened at Parramatta at training or in the game? I, was I not where it was when the game's close enough? But what happened where Lane and Niakore jumped ahead of Madison and Papali? Holy, I, I, I don't... I, they're good players, but know. they're not those other two. Murata Neokore was lucky to stay on the field last night. Mate, he got one week. Well, he for got, that. Did he get one week? Well, that's the old. That's the he, old. Oh, your got, team's been knocked out of the finals. We won't. We won't harshly uh, penalise you. Please. When he got put on report for the second time, I thought he was gone for ten. Yeah. Um, and generally, they would. I think. I think Klein had a shocker last night. Oh, yeah. Sorry, first mentioned that. Yeah. In the first ten or twelve minutes, there were a challenge. There was a challenge from both teams, and they both got. Um, uh, the decisions from Klein got overturned. Um, he continues to make these little mistakes, Ashley he's Klein. Just, I think he's, he's past it. I think he's past it. I think it's he's not. Yeah, and how they can have Green Atkins sitting in the in the bunker, um, you know, playing second fiddle to Klein, it's it's got to be. Last I asked you this today. You think he might get replaced? I just can't see it. I just don't. I think see he it. will. They'll do it. I they, think they Atkins, love their systems, and he's a systems ref, old Kleine. I think Atkins will will ref um, the Manly game um, yeah. next week, Manly and South. This is what I'm thinking. And I think Sutton will get the glory game because he's the glory boy, so he's going to get the glory game. Uh, Jerry Suncorp Sutton. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the final, final assumption of, of Parramatta and Penrith. That's Parramatta out the doors in the second week of the finals again. Penrith, who... We're facing straight sets out, and wouldn't that have been a turn up for the books if that had happened? Yeah. Um, and Ivan, the presser, he admitted the pressure was there, and he felt it. 
But he also had a pretty good line, which is, at the end of the day, we're in a prelim. That's what you're aiming to be at the start of the season. Let's get to at least that stage of the year. Yes, they've got Melbourne, but, um, yeah, not with much confidence. Look, after the break, we will talk about Manly's big win over Reese in the other semifinal as we uh, have whittled the teams down to four in 2021. The top four. I love the smell of the finals in the morning. Okay, we're back. It's episode 245, Warwick Nicholson and Rob the Builder. Uh, I think we went through it a little bit earlier on, but he's effectively ripping up half the backyard. Um, legally, of course. Um, but it was a dodgy, dodgy concrete plate you were telling me, wasn't it? No, it was a... It was a... <laughs> A, a raft of uh, challenges were there, mate. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, it's a bit of plumbing that needed to be fixed, but the, the, whoever built our house uh, put a concrete pad over the top of the plumbing junction. Uh, and the junction is basically where all the, the pipes come out of the house and then go into the main sewer line. Uh, and look, it's, a, it's not a nice job, but uh, something happened to our sewer line um, with the way that the earth moves over... Your house is 26 years old. Mm. One of the pipes had busted and it needed, we needed to get it out. But to find where the junction was, I had to cut two concrete uh, slabs. So yeah. a lot of jackhammering and cutting and digging about 1.7 metres down to get to our junction. And yeah, now, now since that happened, I had to uh, do something about the concrete that I cut up and it yeah. was time for the slabs that I cut up to go. Uh, so we've had about 10 tons of concrete, um, that I've cut up into smaller pieces and put them into skip bins and off they go. Uh, so yeah, very mm. unexciting, mate. And <laughs> I mean, you're adding me. some culture to the show. That's what we're doing. I mean, you'll be on the block well, before we know it, won't you? No, my tip to anyone out there thinking of buying a house is don't, uh, buy an apartment <laughs> because yep. generally less maintenance, no digging, maintenance. no lawns. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fun, fun, fun. Uh, well, the Eastern Suburbs Roosters have got some time to do some maintenance in the off-season. And to be fair to them, uh, they're probably one of the clubs that you look at the year and you go, you've earned a nice break because they've been up for, for so long. Uh, last year, they went out in straight sets, but this year, just getting to the finals was a win for them, albeit a pretty average competition. But they went out 42-6 to six to Manly on Friday night. Let's start with the Roosters before we get into the whole Manly element because there is plenty to talk about with them. But the special mention, I think, goes to James Tedesco. Uh, he has yep. been up for all that time. I, I can't think of him having two games bad in a row for like the last well, since he joined the Roosters, which is a fair, yep. you know, it's a fair rap for a player. I mean, he doesn't need it from us, but that's the observation: is that he just doesn't play badly. And he, he yeah. did everything he could. Yes, the scoreline. This happened a couple of times to Roosters this year where you've actually come out of games where they've been beaten by 40 points and gone, they had a crack tonight. That's a pretty good sign yeah. as a club, especially when you haven't got, you know, three quarter, or a third of your roster, most of those high-paid players um, playing come the pointy end of the season. What do you take away from the, the Roosters, um, I guess, on Friday night but as a whole? Yeah, look, uh, again, I know that you get a bit annoyed when I start to feel sorry for Penrith, uh, feel sorry for the Roosters. I, I, I feel sorry for the Roosters this year. I think that they uh, they weren't hard done by because it's just the luck of the draw. But uh, I think they overachieved. Um, what you said there before about Tedesco, mate, Tedesco is your million-dollar player for a reason. 
Yeah. He's a guy that'll change a club. His work ethic and his and his um, uh, his willingness to compete until the death um, and to carry his team through if he can and if he has to um, uh, are to be commended. Um, you know, the only good thing that's come out of this year for the Roosters, I think, is that they've gotten to blood a number of young players, which will that they'll get repaid in the next couple of years to come because yeah. of the, the way that they've brought those players through. Um, Drew Hutchison played really good this year, and I didn't think he was that good a player. Um, he's, he's, you know, because he used to be a Saints player, um, and he got a bad injury at Saints, and yeah. he went to the Roosters. But I think Sam Walker will be better next year. I think Drew Hutchison will be even better next year. Lockie Lamb. Well, Drew Hutchison be won't be in year. the starting halves next year because Luke Keary's coming back. No, Luke Luke Keary, but 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 Hutchison's one of those players that could find himself in a fourteen jersey because I think he could play six, seven, thirteen. Yeah. Um, or even a back row if you if you needed him to. So he's a big enough body. Um, he's probably the biggest halfback in the competition. Um, so I think the Roosters, you know, well, they got walloped last night. They got walloped on um, Friday night. Yeah. Um, they really did. Uh, manly, manly owned them. Um, but I think they can hold their heads up high. A couple of weird things. I thought with with Robbo um, towards the end of the year with Sam Walker playing him in very very short minutes at weird mm-hmm. timings, but mm-hmm. but I think I think Robbo is looking after the young bloke and he, he's a very he's a small fella um, and I think he's often waiting for the sting to go out of the game and you know he played long minutes in the middle of the year when maybe the competition isn't as keen as it is in the finals, um, so I'd say that that's just Robbo being protective and, and obviously looking for Sam Walker being a long-term halfback at the Roosters. I just would have thought, and again, he's clearly a better rugby league mind than anybody on this podcast. Apologies to you, Rob. But you've got two games of finals football that you can blood him in and you're on, you've got nothing to lose as a club. Both games effectively, you know, the first one's a, he ended up having an impact and won the game for him. And the second one, I don't know, I, Lachlan Lamb has a crap, but he's not a playmaker. He's okay defensively. Got a kicking game that's sort of solid. But the benefit I thought of Walker starting last on Friday night and getting a, a, a you know an elimination cutting edge against a really good side education, if we want to call it, and you can go along those lines with Robbo, I thought was really a good opportunity, and they didn't take that. And when he got back into the game at the end of the match the game's gone and you could see that the confidence had had, had, had been, had it evaporated on the bench in the last month. I don't know. Mm. Just, I, I, I just would have liked as a, if I was a Roosters fan to have seen him get more of an exposure in, in games like that. That's, that's where I would have sat as a, as a Roosters fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I see where you're coming from, but I, I also think that he got enough of a taste to want more of it next year. Um, it won't it won't be old news to him when they get there again next year, and and he'll still have some some a bit of, you know, the good nervous butterflies. I think um, I think yeah. he got a, a big enough taste, and I think, you know, the game was gone when he got on. Um, he still he, got, he got on within six six minutes to go before half time, but I think it was um, twenty four yeah. to six at that stage. Yeah, the, the you know the game was gone really. Um, Robbo knew that he. He probably just put him on for a little bit of um, a bit more experience and whatnot, and and you know I get it, I understand it. Uh, I 
I think the Roosters will be better for this year. They're going to be better mm. next year for what happened this year. Well, the, um, the simple fact is El Kiri's coming back. I mean, he was the best player in the comp at the first couple of rounds this year. He was. Um, and you oh, went, yeah. wow, what could he what could he do this year with a full... Oh, then he got injured. You know, that's... What, what, what's, oh. the, what's, the, what's the salary cap, mate? Is it nine point something? Officially or is it ten, inclu- including well, uh, TPAs? <laughs> 10 million, about 10 million, isn't it? I don't know. I couldn't. Well, they had... I couldn't they they had $6 million worth of players sitting on the sideline last night. So that kind of tells you um, the amount of bad luck that the Roosters have had. And I know that there's not too many that feel sorry for them because they've had a good run in the last 10 years. But, you know. Uh, Look, let's go to Manly now. But we will come back and we'll, we'll round the show off with um, J-Moz retiring. Uh, but Manly, last week they gave Melbourne a start. And the moment they gave Melbourne a start, it was over. Didn't happen this time. They got the start. And 18-0 pretty early on. And and what I really liked about this from Manly was, well, two things. One was the game plan from Desmond, who, let's just be honest, his press conferences are an absolute farce. If he ever complains about... I loved it. If if he ever ever complains about not getting enough said about Manly, which he never will because he loves the the under-the-radar stuff, but... Yeah. Oh, he just tried to wrap it after about ninety seconds the other night, and just he ran it. He, he, he ran it. it was, he ran it himself. It was his own oh, press conference. The hair, I loved it. it was the hair. It was magic. I loved um, it. Yeah. I loved that someone had a theory about him was that the he went there with the hair like that, so people would talk about the hair and not the seagulls and their chances of the comp. <laughs> I like that. NFL conspiracy transfer. That was a good one. Um, but what I really liked about what he game planned was one of the big downsides for the Roosters is when you lose that 6 million bucks, as you say, you've got to put some bit part players into positions. Okay. Mm. The first try exposed Adam Kieran playing the centers. The second try exposed Ben Marshke and Satili Tipanua, who I don't think is a great lateral defender. I think he really gets exposed at times. And the third try was Tupanua getting absolutely schooled by DC off scrum. They were targeting surgical strikes at the weak points of the Roosters side. And it, Paid dirt. The pay dirt there was 18-0 um, yep. and the game was, was done. Desmond, he he saw what had been done to him the week before by Bellamy with Morgan Harper and he just, he, he talks about, oh, we, we completed and all this, we held the ball, yeah, yeah. But you also, you you found some areas to expose and when DCE is getting room to move like he had the other night, for some reason, the Roosters didn't try and pressure him. I don't know whether it was simply because of the role in the middle or not, but he had just carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And then Turbo just comes in and says, yeah, I'll have a try here, have a try there. Uh, I was very impressed by how how Manly went about it, given what had happened to them with before. Yeah, they recovered very, they bounced back very, very well. Um obviously a very different uh, opposition, but you're right. DCE had all the time in the world the other night and, and, and it really showed on that try uh, that you just mentioned uh, off of the scrum where he just beat the A defender. You know, yeah. there wasn't just one A defender, by the way, he beat three of them. Um, though that three blokes ran from the side and he just stepped off the left foot and went, see you later. Yeah. Um, when DCE's firing, you'll notice that, that Tommy does, a bit more as well because DCE gives him the room. Um, But for DCE to do that, his forwards have to lay the platform, you know, and it has to happen like that. It has to happen. The forwards go forward, give DCE space, who then gives Tommy space. So therefore 
the way to stop Manly is to stop their forwards going forward. Um, is to slow the game down. Slow like it right Robinson. down. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's that's the job for South this week. That they can slow the yeah. play the ball down. You you slow down well, DC, therefore you slow down Tommy. Yeah, look, you know, I know you haven't asked me for my prediction yet on on that game, but I'll tell no, you. No, we'll, we'll right at the end, um, right at the end we'll, we'll do that. But, yeah, end, but, I, but, I, but I think South will be able to slow the game down a little bit more than what, what East did the other night. Mm. Um, mm. You know, but, but 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 look, Manly played Manly played the game they needed to play. And they played it to perfection. Yep, um, absolutely. Uh, they beat a wounded warrior in the uh, in the Roosters, um, but they did it clinically. And um, hats off to them, mate. I mean, you know, what did they what did they lose their first five games this year? Was the first four, I think. Okay. Uh, after four after four games, if I said to you, oh, that they'll be we, in the preliminary final, <laughs> no one would have believed it. We were all thinking. We were all thinking. Are they are they going to cut the court on Desmond? We were thinking it. Mm. Oh, that was that bad in the first I think, month. I, I think I might have. I think hey, I might have said it on the podcast. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have recorded podcasts at that stage. We sound like idiots, <laughs> but that's just generally the, the rule rule here on the show. Um, mm. It's a good comeback from Manly. Uh, it's the kind of win that, that displays everything that's good about them. And and Ryan Gerda's been lambasted for disrespecting them. No, he's he's right. It, think of the some of the great teams in the past, and there are certain ways that you play, and if it works for you. Happy days. The downside is you sometimes come up against teams where if you give them a sniff, they don't let you play that way anymore. That's what happened last week. Tommy wasn't shut down as much as Manly were shut out of that yeah. game by what Melbourne did in the play the ball. And that's the that's the beauty of, of what a top four finish does for you is that it gives you that second chance. Because, I mean, I'm not saying that the Titans would have beat Manly if Manly were in fifth, but... You can have that down game in that first week and you're out on your ear. I'm, I'm impressed by Manly. It's the kind of game that they need going into next week against Souths. Um, and Desmond, he'll, he'll, he'll declare Wayne Bennett. He won't say a word about Wayne Bennett. He's not an idiot. He won't, he won't say anything. But Desmond won't. Um, he won't take any plaudits this week. He'll just say, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go out there and complete and we'll try and hold the ball and see what happens. That's all he'll do in the press this week. But I'll give him credit. I thought he did a really good job at, at using his best players and the way that Manly play to expose um, some real weaknesses um, on Eastern Suburbs. So 42-6, to six, Manly over East, 8-6, Penrith over Parramatta. We get two uh, prelim finals, which I'm happy with. As you said, it's the top four, uh, even though right at the end of the year, Manly jumped into that fourth spot. And Parramatta really the team that, that seemed to drop out of that top four in the last sort of six weeks of the season. Friday night, it's Manly and South. Saturday afternoon, it's Melbourne and Penrith. We will give a more of an in-depth look at those two games. We've got plenty from us tonight anyway, but uh, midweek. But right now, where are you thinking, Cogsmith, in both matches? Uh, okay. Um, the, the first game, it really intrigues me because hmm. um, they, they're kind of different teams um, and they don't play very much alike. Um at all. Mm. But we saw a different South beat Penrith the other week. Yeah, it did. And I think if I think if we see that South, I think then the South will win. Um, if we see the South that we've seen for most of the year, I think Manly might pull their pants down. Um, you think in 32-30 or something like that? 
No, I don't think it's going to be that no. high, mate. I think okay. it's going to be more like 20 points to 18 or something like that. I, if, I, I think I'm it's saying going to be if, bit... if they play, don't play the, the style they played against Penrith, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. the trap meet. Yeah. So, so look, South needs to do a, South needs to do a Melbourne. They yeah. need to slow the play, the ball down. They need to shut, shut out the, the amount of time that DCE's got. Um, and which will, which will shut down the amount of time that Tommy's got. That's the only way you're going to beat Manly at this stage because they're, they're kind of on a little bit of a roll. Every now and then a player like Morgan Harper will have a shocker, but, um, I, I think I think they've got the game to beat South if South let them. Yeah, I think it's so, fair enough. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think South at the moment uh, deserve favorite favoritism, but I really don't mind who comes out of this game from a grand final spectacle point of view because both these teams, you're not going to watch grand final day and go, I don't really deserve to be there, or I don't want to watch them play in a grand final. It, it's yeah, it's funny how this has actually ended up with a pretty handy prelim. Set up as much as you'd say, oh, we would love to see Melbourne and Penrith because they're the two best teams. I don't know. I, I, part of me actually goes, if we've got Tommy and DCE or Reynolds and Walker, then cool. Yeah. I, I don't mind watching either of those two, two teams in the grand final. So that's mm-hmm. where we're at in that match. So both leaning south at this stage. The other one, the grand final, we should have had apparently. Um, and I, I want to bring this up about old Gusman Gould. I'm calling him that now. I've got a theory with him. This is his team that's, that's taken Penrith to where they are the last couple of years. It's, it's the team he built. Uh, it's a team he coached. I actually reckon that his devotion to how he thinks Penrith are the best team in the comp isn't for the benefit of listen to me and what I'm saying. Okay, I've got a theory that it's all about the Penrith players hearing him backing them. I think yeah. that's purely I'd, what it is. I'd agree. It's not, it's not listen to me as the pundit. It's players, if you're listening, no. I believe in you. Come on, boys. Yeah. And I, I I actually go take the hat off to him because he didn't look great after the first week of the finals. He's been very bullish about he thought they played really well the other night. We disagreed, but they played poorly. But he is back in his boys and they get a date with Melbourne. And where are we right now? Uh, again, it'll come down to how it's played, mate. And, and, if, and if Penrith persists with this um, def- defence-oriented game, um, Melbourne will beat them by 13 plus. I've, I've got no doubt. Um, this isn't the game that, that Penrith should be playing. Um, no. Obviously, the defence has to be good. Uh, we get that, you know. But if they're, if they're not going to have their attacking flair, if it's going to be, uh, you know, Momorowski rather than Crichton style play, um, you're not going to beat Melbourne. Because you won't score 18 points. If you can't put 18 points on Parramatta, I don't think you're going to put 18 points on and you have to score 18 points. Well, let's, to beat let's, Melbourne. Yeah, keep going. You, to beat Melbourne, you've got to score eight, be able to score three converted tries. If you can't. Want, yeah. The stat that Melbourne I go with Penrith, and this is why I just don't understand why they've completely shifted away from attacking at will or, or attacking at all costs, which is what I would say has been their game plan for two years. Hmm. How many points has Penrith scored in the second half of both semifinals? Um, probably none, or maybe that's zero. Yeah. yeah. Are you even remotely optimistic that if they're down by six to eight points in the second half of a game against Melbourne, they're going to score twice? No. Mate, I, I said to you last night in a text message, I think they're cooked. 
Um, mm. the, the way that they're playing and that, that you know, devolving of their, their attack and almost looks like they're just dumbed everything down to, um, you know, one or two passes and they're not willing to push any yeah. more than that. It, it, to me, it just looks uh, predictable and, and Melbourne will eat that up. Melbourne, Melbourne will be looking at videotape probably tonight or probably for the most part of today saying, all right, this is this is the way they're playing. This is how they played in 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 round you know the rounds before State of mm-hmm. Origin, and this is what they've done since. Let's have a look at that. Um, because here's the issue with Penrith that not many people are saying. I mean, someone said someone stupidly said the other day. Um, I think it might have been. No, I'm not going to say that. It was one of the announcers said, "Oh, you know, it's, it's okay. Penrith's premiership window is open for a few more years yet. Well, let me tell you who they're going to lose next year: Burton, Naden." Uh, kick out, kick out, uh, yeah, uh, and one or two. Pangai, others. Pangai Junior is obviously going to dogs. Pang, Pangai will go. So that's that's four of the blokes that are playing first grade right now. Um, now I know Gus keeps saying there's more to come. There's more to come, but you know I I, I can't imagine Burton has been very very good this year oh. um, to the point where you know I'm, I'm thinking if Luai can't stand up. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm getting at? If Luai isn't, you know, it's not going to happen, but it, it'd be almost it'd be almost kind of a little ghost in the back of Ivan's head. If Luai aren't going to own that left-hand edge, I know someone who can. Yeah. Um, so let's pretend for a moment Penrith play like they did up until about round 18 or whatever it was. I say Penrith can, can win the game. I'm not saying they will, but it gives them a lot better chance. Um. But let's not let's not fool ourselves and think that Melbourne don't have a say in the way that Penrith can play. Um, Precisely, that's the bit you know, that I think Gus is conveniently overlooking in his uh, reinforcing his yeah. messages to the players. Because because Melbourne, more than any other team in the competition, are the most influential team as far as how much they let you play. Yeah. Or it, it they did it they did it to Penrith last year in the grand final. They do it in big games. Um, they're surgeon, surgical like, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I say, and it hurts me to say it, but I say, uh, I say, Melbourne will win, and I think they'll win well. Yeah, I'm in agreement to the way you are. I go back to the grand final last year, and Penrith had had a tough game against South the week before, but in the grand final, they didn't look terrible. Penrith, they just gave Melbourne too much of a start, and they didn't have enough to overcome that that start. They're playing far worse football and attack now than they were this time last year or in the finals last year. And we're expected to sit there and go, yeah, they can, they're, in, they're right where they want to be. They're not. And no. I, I, I just, Toto not being there, is, it would be massive. Uh, clearly they brought him back too early or he said he was ready to, he shouldn't have come back. He played two meaningless games at the end of the season and now he couldn't go and he might not even go this week. He mm-hmm. just... I know that they talk about how quick he recovers, but um, he's a massive loss for them. And unless they sort out how they're going to play, and and Luai, honestly, it's on him. Cleary, I think he's playing okay, they're very kick happy. Yeah. I think he's showing that he's following the instructions. Uh, but Luai, he's one of those guys that I don't think, when his confidence is sky high, which is always going to happen, you you can't play on that. Um, emotion level that he's been playing on for two years, like we're the best, you know, look at us, yeah, well, 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 without having a dip, it's just going to happen. And unfortunately, yeah, absolutely, it's happening now. So what have you got, Jerome? 
Look, the, the scariest stat, and I know you're not really a big stat man, but the scariest stat for me with the way that Penrith are playing is they haven't crossed the line for a try cleanly in two games. The two like tries stats. that they've They're scored. Right. The two <laughs> tries they've scored. Yeah. Two tries they've scored have been off kicks. Um, one was super lucky on a, on a bounce on a pad back. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm just not Melbourne liking what I'm seeing. Final. I can get on board with that. Melbourne Manly. I yeah, I can get. I can get on board with any combo, but yeah, I, I think Melbourne will go through. I really do. Um, yeah. Jay Moz, as we finish, Jay Moz. Yep. Could play. Um, one of those ones that you just were always like, oh, there he is. He's mm. a good player. He can finish. Uh, good defensively. An inter- yeah. An interesting thing about Josh Morris is um, he pl- played for four clubs, as we know. Um, he only played for Saints for two years. Yeah. Did you know that? It's, it was very small. Yeah. Sorry, it was three years. Uh, he, uh, he played two seasons. 07, 08. Oh, two then, seasons. He to, then he went 08. to the Dogs from uh, 09 okay. to, 19, uh, to 18. Uh, regular league project. Yeah, that's one of the great websites, people. So he played He played for the Bulldogs for nine years. Um, but here's something. I, I don't know who was commentating the other night, and I wish that they had, they had done this in the first game that both of the Morris brothers were in. Whoever it was that was commentating the other night on Fox called him Joris. What? <laughs> Joris. So how – I don't know. He just accident, accidentally called him Joris. So how good would it have been to have Joris and Boris <laughs> rather than J-Moz and B-Moz? Oh, if only. Flows. If it only. flows better. It Joris does. and Boris. Yeah. Too, um, happened too Two late. grand finals. Two for grand it. finals for J-Moz. Sorry, Joris uh, in his time, uh, 2012 and 2014. But he didn't taste a grand final victory. Uh, joined the Roosters mid-season in 2020, looking for that title. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. Uh, according to the stats and I believe project, uh, he scored 20 tries for the Dragons in 46 games, 103 for the Bulldogs in 217 games, 15 in 25 for Cronulla, and 20 in 37 for the Roosters. Let me just double check they've added the last game. No, they haven't. So it'll be one extra match. So 326 first row games for 158 tries. He won 175 of the uh, 600, and, uh, sorry, of the 326 games he played. So yeah, just under yep. 54%. Uh, yep. Played for Australia, played for New South Wales. Uh, I think he was in the New South Wales team that won the... Um, yeah, he was in the team that... Uh, where are we? 2014. So he played the first game in 2014 of that series. Yep. He didn't play the, the clinching game and then came back for game yep. three. Um, but just just a but, really... But Brett did. Brett played in... I think Brett played all three. Brett played in the clincher. Yeah, um, but just a, a, just a very, a, very, a great very good player. Yeah. Uh, Brett, Brett didn't play in the clincher. I didn't. Jeez, I thought I saw it. The wingers were Daniel Tupu and um, Will Hopawade. There you go. Okay, standard be corrected. I love him. Uh, one of those players that just you just went. He's a good footy player, and uh, yep. he looked like he enjoyed himself as well, which is something that you don't always mm. see in players. Um, mm. Like he was just, you know, he always had that little. Yeah, that boyish smile on his face, whether he scored a try or after matches. And I think he's going into brewing. So uh, with Pimos. Yeah. Is it Boris and Joris yeah, and Brewing Co.? Is that what it's called? Uh, not, I don't think it's Boris and Joris, but they're definitely in a brewing company together. And uh, good luck. Cattlemans. I mean, Cattleman? Cattleman. Cattleman. Yeah, Cattleman. 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 Yeah. 
Um, so you're the one that drinks on this podcast, actually. So send them to Rob if you've got anything. Uh, I had a, I had a Canadian club last night. First drink that I've had, I think, in lockdown. Wow, I had one because I bought you a, a. How long is that? Not the same case that I bought you for your birthday, is it? No, no, I mixed my own. I had a double shot, uh, and double shot with dry, and a, and a little slice of lime in there. Uh, but I, I believe it's the first drink I've had since July or June, wow. whatever it was. Well, we start with some culture. We end with some culture. Uh, that's episode 245 of Not The Footy Show. I've been Boris Nichols, and that's been Rob Cox, Rob the Builder, as you've seen with his avatar. Uh, we'll be back midweek to look a bit more closer at the two prelims. I guess there'll be some more news. Uh, the final point, apparently they're expanding the Daly M's to two nights, Coxman. What is doing why? there? Why? Why? <sighs> Honestly, why? What for? And all the awards that anyone cares about are all on the second night when the players... I don't know if... Are they doing a black tie event? I think they might be for the ones that... So you're asking players that have been locked... locked I don't know. It's it just logistically... Yeah, I know we've, we've criticised it before. We know the process isn't fantastic. Um, the position awards are hilarious because they judge them right at the end of the year with a 3 two, one It's not even based on who polls votes during the year. So effectively, if you're thinking who's going to be the, the hooker and the second rowers, and just look at the last six weeks or last or since origin. Judge it on that because it's not going to be judged on the whole season. Uh, right no, now, who's going to win though, in your view? Is it going to be Tommy? That, yeah. are, they, are they going to get Tommy. it wrong? Tommy Is it possible for them to get it wrong? No, Tommy's going to win it. There's, there's really no one else that, no one else who can win it. I mean, Nathan Cleary's up there, I think, but I, I, I really think that Tommy has been the biggest difference to any team he's played in this year. I just wish the system would completely reflect that because he has missed games, so uh, that could hurt him in the end. I think Cody Walker's the other one that, that may simply from the fact that South won so many games, he might also uh, get close. And he did. I did love him in the stats. Um, old Cody, that's episode 245. Rob Cox, Warwick Nicholson, get us wherever we are. Um, on places, on social, and no ratings this week. Very disappointing. But the listenership is up. So you're in, clearly people are actually enjoying the fact that we're doing the shows. So I thank you for that, everybody. And we'll uh, speak to you midweek as we hone in on the prelim finals for 2021. Take us out, Cosman. Absolutely. Pepsi. We're in a prelim. That's where we're at. Uh, against, yeah, against the reigning premiers. I mean, where else would you rather be? It's people's escape, it's people's relaxation, and we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of... Not the show. Show. Birthday boy. Pepsi.